Hello and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. A big ski to you all. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia, and I'm very excited to have this guy back. No, it's not Jacob, despite the fact that we joked about how much uh, they look alike and how you might not detect it's actually him or not. I don't it's think me and Vice Jacob mayor. actually really look alike. It's it's depending on who you're talking to and what <laughs> uh, particular demographic, but it's the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Glad to have you back, sir. Yes, thank uh, I'm glad you. you got to spend your time in the Pacific Northwest, indoors, hiding from the snow, and sick. That seems like a really yeah, it was, fun time. It was a great, we had a great weekend, Derek. Yeah, my vacation time was so restful and amazing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm excited to be Your back. Your vacation <laughs> is almost as good as the last, uh, I guess, 11 months have been for Philadelphia sports fans. But we will get to that, of course, soon enough. Right now, we're very thankful to have you guys joining us. And, uh, of course, we did talk yesterday about the International Signing Day. The Diamondbacks end up signing quite a number of players on that list. 23 international signees on day one of the international signing period. Uh, and we did have a correction to a player's name who apparently nobody could agree on how it actually <laughs> was spelled. But uh, it's a uh, it's it's Radney, by the way, you guys. It's not Rodney. Uh, it's Radney. Uh, outfielder Adriel Radney, uh, the number 10 prospect on the MLB pipeline, number three on fan graphs. Um, and again, we discussed uh, how I would blow through a $1.8 million signing bonus at 16 years old almost immediately. But, uh, Jesse, I know you weren't here, but what are your thoughts on, on the Diamondbacks signing of this player that's drawing comparisons to the likes of uh, of some very good players? Julio Rodriguez, yeah, mostly. Yeah, I think I saw Julio Rodriguez on, on one of the scouting reports. Um yeah, I mean the the guy's 16 years old, so maybe we should tap the brakes on any on any nope. comps to major league players at nope. this point. <laughs> uh, but that that is also part of the excitement with uh, you know acquiring players who are so young is sure. that there's a lot of time for them to develop and a lot of time for their future projection to change. Right? Like uh, you know, not everyone that the Diamondbacks picked up yesterday has a future projection uh, attached to a guy like Julio Rodriguez, but. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of time for these guys to develop and kind of prove what they can do over time. So, uh, yeah, it seems like by all accounts, Radney is is at the top of the list in terms of uh, in terms of who the D-backs got. And uh, it seems like a, a lot of a lot of different outlets are, are pretty high on, on him and what he could be for the Diamondbacks in the future. They also got another outfielder that we didn't talk about much, but that was Belfi Rivera, uh, who was number 24 on the MLB pipeline, number 19 on Fangraphs number 17 on Baseball America. Uh, he's their next highest ranked uh, prospect that we got in the international signing, 17 years old, another outfielder himself, uh, plus speed, and has a chance to actually stay in center field, or in center field which they are saying maybe Radney might, he might end up, you know, not having that center field speed. But right. uh, regardless, some very great great potential from both of these guys yeah it's 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 hard to to really say much with confidence at, at this point um uh, again these these guys are so young I, I mentioned Rodney being 16 Rivera 17 um but yeah six feet 165 pounds uh for for Rivera it does sound like from the reports that he has a chance to stay in center field which is 
something that the Diamondbacks in their system don't necessarily have a ton of right now, at least in terms of guys who, who could be like everyday players who, who play in center field. Obviously, center field is is covered for the time being, especially as far as left-handed hitters uh, is concerned. Correct. But uh, but got yeah, of those right now. I, I think it's going to be a while <laughs> before uh, before Belfi Rivera finds his way. Uh, into the majors but um, yeah it sounds like there's there's some potential here not just for him to uh, to hit a little bit but to have some power as well I think MLB pipeline had him at a 55 uh, on both the the hit and power grades um, so yeah I mean if you can get a guy who can stay in center field and be you know a, a guy who can hit for average and hit for a little bit of power there's obviously a ton of value there so um, yeah I think I think Rivera is exciting I, I think uh, Radney seems to be the the cream of the crop for for the Diamondbacks. I I noticed on on Fangraphs they had him all the way up at number three on their list. Yeah, uh, they viewed him as as kind of like a, an Eloy Jimenez type, a guy who uh, had big time power, corner outfield uh, type. But it sounds like with Radney, he is kind of come into some some more athleticism. Uh, they like the way that he's been moving in the outfield, and it sounds like he has a chance to maybe even stay in center field as well. Hence the the Julio Rodriguez. Uh, comps that we that we mentioned earlier we joked about how young these guys are to be signing a deal with a professional sports organization 16 17 years old but yeah I mean honestly in other sports there's there's the there's college there's still college for a lot of young players involved but this is like I mean they're they're scouts scouting kids in high school in every sport so this isn't that uncommon it just feels like especially in uh, some of the like the Dominican Republic and Venezuela, where Diamondbacks have like those academies, they're establishing relationships with guys uh, at, at a young age because they're coming in as kids to learn how to play the game of baseball. And it allows them uh, to both help grow the game, but also scout who they could, you know, who it, it, from from international signings from from all, all parts of the world uh, who could potentially come in and, and help this team at a major league level. And I, I don't know, I just yesterday was such a cool day. There were so many great pictures posted of. Like, I think, who was it? I think the, the Cubs or one of the other teams signed like 20 plus players just from the Dominican Republic alone. They were all there together in like a big like, <laughs> group picture. So uh, it's it's just interesting, though. It is interesting. I know it's not that interesting to you, though. And the reason why I say that is because you were already being scouted for this gig uh, at like 12 years old, right? When you were a kid caster <laughs> and the Diamondbacks were uh, looking into you and, and, and seeing if you might be able to be the next Greg Schulte. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly how I would frame that, but uh, yes, I, I did have my one day of glory back in September of 2011, where I was on the air and impersonated Greg Schultz. No signing, was, no contract, though. Yeah, no, right? no contract. Was more of like yeah. a tryout. No. I came in there expecting a contract, but I left disappointed because that that didn't happen. That day. Like you... It was sort of a one day contract, I guess, okay. in, in a way. Okay. But but egregiously, they did not pay twelve year old me for that one day of work. So I'm still. <laughs> contact my lawyer and see what we can do about that after the fact. A lot of shortstops <laughs> that were taken yesterday across MLB uh, from the International Signing Day. Like when you looked at the list, it seemed like the majority of the top players taken were shortstops. Uh, Diamondbacks got themselves a couple of shortstops as well. Uh, they got uh, Alfredo Benzin and Eric De La Cruz. Uh, Benzin was number 71 on Baseball America's list. Eric De La Cruz, number 86. A little hard to get 
especially the further down the list you get yeah. uh, any kind of information it's on these guys. really but, hard to find information about yeah, these guys. Uh, and it's almost like that's probably how it should be. I mean, they're, they're 16, they're 16 old, years old in the Dominican old, yeah. Republic. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be weird if we knew that much about them in some ways. But I got his dog's name. I got everything right here, Jesse. We know everything about him. Uh, but okay. Baseball America, they their list goes a little bit farther than some of the outlets. So, yeah, they have Alfredo Benzin at number 71. Um, and then at 86, they have Eric De La Cruz, as you mentioned. Both of those guys also from from the Dominican Republic. Uh, their reports on on both of these guys also very brief. On Benzin, they say once a smaller frame, well coordinated shortstop who made a lot of contact from both sides of the plate. He has since grown uh, to an athletic, wiry six foot two <laughs> with physical upside for more power to come and plus arm for the left side of an infield. So like that's an exciting profile. If you have a guy playing on the left side of the infield, especially at, at shortstop, if if you know he winds up being able to stick there. Uh, and you've got plus power. That's uh, that's 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 good, right? Yeah. That's something that's that's pretty hard to come by in this game. Uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to to see how these guys uh, kind of develop over time. And uh, it feels like you know every year around this time of the year we talk about these guys, and then they kind of fall off your radar a little bit. They're still so young that you know you're not going to see Alfredo Benzin playing in Double A next year. Or no, anything. you are not. Uh, a lot of these guys will will stay in in the Dominican and continue to develop over there. Uh, we might not see them stateside for for another another year or two um but yeah uh just it's kind of like buy, buying lottery tickets right uh in in some ways it uh, is. Uh, mean, all of these guys have a chance to develop yeah. into you know a future star at some point in this league but when you're investing two million dollars in a 16 year old who's already six foot three and 180 pounds and has plus power plus speed that's uh that's something in radney that that you know you feel like there's more there than than just the luck factor but it's yeah. baseball. <laughs> baseball is one of those games that you can have all the tools. You could be an incredible athlete and it still might not work out for you uh, at, at a major league level. We've seen that so much so often on. Then there's guys that find a tremendous amount of, uh, of success who uh, statistically or at least the down on paper have no business being as good a, as they are. So baseball is just funny like that. Uh, Bleacher Report did publish an article yesterday centered around one realistic option to plug every MLB team's biggest roster hole. And they claim that the Diamondbacks biggest <laughs> hole in their roster right now, their biggest positional need was starting pitcher. <laughs> is that, is that the case, Jesse? Do you think starting pitcher <laughs> is the biggest positional need for the Diamondbacks at this point? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. Yeah. But it's not an outrageous suggestion. It's not, uh, because we, what, you're, you're going to say DH or you're going to say like a yeah. backup catcher, like, there's these other roles aren't going to be as significant in, an, in in this context as saying a starting pitcher. And to be honest, it's not like the Diamondbacks need a starting pitcher, but they're I mean, from from an outside view in. Yeah, there's still a, a fifth spot in the rotation that right now they don't know who is going to have that role, who's going to win that spot. They do have some, you know, obviously uh, very good candidates for that. But bringing in a guy like they suggested, Mike Clevenger feels like, uh, you know, again, a little bit more of a solid uh, time tested option. Just I don't know. I don't know if it's the right one. I don't know if he would be a good fit with this team. Yeah, I mean, not that long ago, Mike Clevenger was one of the one of the up and coming pitchers in this game. I mean, you look at Clevenger's numbers during his years with with Cleveland. He was he was really, really good there for a time. Not really that guy anymore. If we look at his numbers for 2023, uh, 131 in the third innings this past year, a 3.77 RA, one two three WHIP, uh, strikeout rate at 20%. That's below average. Uh, walk rate at 7.3%. Uh, 
um, that is below average, which is a good thing in that in that case. Uh, 2.2 wins above replacement over at Fangraphs, which is pretty solid. Uh, so yeah, he he had a solid year. He's not uh, he's not an ace. He's not a number two starter at this point. You know, would he on paper slot in pretty nicely in that number five spot for the D backs? Absolutely. Uh, but as we've talked about before on this show, the Diamondbacks have a greater need right now, which is designated hitter. They need to add some thump into this lineup. We talked about that with Dan Zimborski on the show last week. I think that should be prime priority number one for them. Not to say that it would be a bad thing if they did that and also uh, were, were able to do this, but yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that that's the, uh, uh, a realistic outcome at this point. Well, and, and again, I don't hate this option, but I have to ask if, you know, again, someone like Clevenger would be a good fit. He might be for this team. I, I just know... I know the bad stuff about him, which is part of being an athlete is where you're you're the, the bad is carried around more than the good and you get a reputation. Uh, Gabriel also said, wasn't there some alleged uh, domestic violence stuff with him? There was, which, again, is yeah, a great reason to not want to uh, be a part. There was that you know, I'm part of the organization. Yeah, that was, I think, about a year ago uh, that that came out last March. Um, and then there also I mean, I don't even know if this is worth mentioning, but Mike Clevenger did make some comments at uh, a certain Diamondbacks broadcaster. Uh, it's going to be awkward. Was back in, in 2022. Yeah, it's going to be awkward in, the, in, in some of the meetings and some of the things, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, Bob Renly was kind of joking about how slow of a worker Mike Clevenger is, and Mike Clevenger uh, sort of got back at him after the game, uh, made some kind of passive-aggressive comments at Bob Renly. And yeah, we put all those things together. And, and frankly, I, I don't know if Mike Clevenger is the type of the type of person that the Diamondbacks would uh, would want to acquire. Yeah, they tend to stay away from guys who, who have any kind of domestic violence, even even if it's just allegations in this case uh, and having yeah having beef with the color commentator. I don't want to say that's like a deal breaker or anything, but it doesn't feel like a move that the Diamondbacks would make for a number of different reasons. I love Bob Brenly, and I want to say that Bob Brenly does get things that he says kind of blown out of proportion a lot. Yeah, and I don't think <laughs> uh, he ever means them with like the malice or anything that they get turned into. However, you know, uh, it's at times when you compare, you know, stuff like Marcus Stroman wearing a do rag uh, to Tom Seaver and stuff, you're gonna. How many <laughs> players have beef with Bob Brenly? There's a quite there's... <laughs> like the because whole league. What, what's funny? What's funnier about it is the thought that like they go back and would listen to what a color commentator would say, right? Tori Lavallo has said that he does not watch this show, and I can understand. I'm not a fan of one of the hosts, but uh, I will say <laughs> that. Tori's reason for not watching it is is because this kind of stuff would drive him crazy in second guessing himself when it came to the decisions he has to make as a manager during the season. I feel like as a player, you would equally ignore things that were said throughout the season, especially on a broadcast uh, and, and things like that. But it seems like it it seems like it doesn't, you know, it, it does become a thing. Uh, and Elise might be right. Elise says he does stick his foot in the mouth a lot. And and that's the case, too. But speaking as someone that sticks my foot in my mouth quite a bit, we don't know we're doing it. We're just, you know, we're <laughs> we're just we're just trying to do this job. And sometimes that's what happens to us. But uh, Brenly, I, 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 I've always loved Bob Brenly. And of course, you know, I, I do know how that stuff can be kind of taken, uh, taken a bit differently but also like you said i don't think that that's a primary reason not to bring him in as much as it's you know other things with his character obviously that 
uh, situation we discussed there a little while ago. Uh, as well, I'm, I'm again, I think that there, it's a, there's a very careful balance with this Arizona Diamondbacks team, right? You talked about these young players, and they're not going to impact the team for a while. But when you're talking about trading for someone or bringing someone in through, uh, as a free agent to this clubhouse, there has to be a, a, a way that they fit in. You know, it's like yeah. sometimes they do have a bad reputation, yet when they come here, they do nothing but fit in. Like Tommy Pham, right? Tommy Pham has had a weird reputation his entire career, yet when he came here, his teammates didn't have enough nice things to say about him. And from what we saw with our own eyes, he was not only very supportive, but he became somewhat of a motivating leader in that clubhouse. And that's yeah. like what you kind of have to find at times. Not everybody's going to fit that, but you do want somebody that at least is going to mesh well with what you already have going on, which is a lot of success from 2023. Uh, one more thing on on Clevenger. I'm I'm remembering that uh, he is among uh, those the, that controversial group of players that cleared waivers in late August and was uh, could potentially have been picked up by a number of different major league teams, the Diamondbacks included. Mike Clevenger was not claimed during that process, although we wondered if if he might be. Uh, he was just sort of out there for any team that wanted to claim him for the stretch run. Uh, his contract was was seemingly prohibitive to that. Uh, he was on a one-year, $12 million deal with the White Sox, uh, but it was an $8 million salary for 2023 and then a $4 million buyout for 2024. So you would have had to um, take that as the team that, that claimed it. Yeah, with, with a mutual option for $12 million. So, yeah, you would have you would have been on the hook for his rest of your salary, which was only like a $1 million at that point. But if you weren't going to bring him back, then you also would have had to take on a $4 million buyout. And at that point, you're paying more than $5 million for like one month of, of Mike Clevenger. So uh, he went, yeah, he wound up not being not being claimed when when all was said and done. But it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about should the Diamondbacks uh, acquire Mike Clevenger for, yeah. for the last month of the season and, and into the playoffs. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen. And, and no team, no team wound up uh, wanting to wanting to, to make that addition at that point. Which again, that like the financially, it probably didn't make sense for a lot of teams. But <clears throat> you have to wonder about how much those character issues impact a team wanting yeah. to sign him. I, I mean, point. this man had a 3.77 ERA last year. He had a 30.9% ground ball rate in 2023, which is, is very low. Very, very low, right? Yeah, that's lots some, of fly balls. That's something that, uh, again, that, that might be impacting it. But I, I felt like he was still a, a solid starting option for, you know, in comparison to a lot of pitchers around the league. I mean, yeah. 3.77 ERA puts him right there in, in the mix with some of the best in baseball. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer here because, again, it, it's kind of weird. It gets into that. That same type of territory, not nearly, I guess, as bad as Trevor Bauer, but again, like a guy that still has something left in the tank potentially that could help you win. But do you want all of that other baggage to come with him? Not to mention, again, I don't know him as a character, but whatever. Uh, Benjamin Hudley <laughs> says, I was told this would be a podcast. Of, this podcast would be about Jake McCarthy. It is. We we're, have other we're, things we're, to talk we're, about. We're getting there, Benjamin. Look, I mean, God. It's <laughs> See, Jesse thought Jake McCarthy wouldn't be enticing enough, but look at Jesse, you were wrong. Here they are. They're here in spades to watch it. The people well, want three segments of Jake they want, McCarthy. They want an all they want wall to wall Jake McCarthy. I get it. I want it too. But we do appreciate you guys being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Of course, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, do so now. That way you don't miss out on any Jake McCarthy related news. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. If you are here to talk about Jed Fish. 
that's fine. You can also be here for that. I mean, we're not going <laughs> to talk did, about someone him. Someone did leave a comment yeah, about like, what, what happened to the Wildcat stream. Uh, say less, my man. It doesn't matter. It's a Diamondback stream. Now you can hang out and stick with us. Of course, as Gabby says there, drop a like. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. We always appreciate that. Uh, and if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, we appreciate you guys being uh, being here as well. Make sure to subscribe there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate those five-star reviews. Uh, and of course, stop by Circle K. That's a big thing to do. Uh, it's not only fill yourself up, but make sure you fill up your car. Right now, gas is getting cheap, but it can be even cheaper by saving 25 cents off per gallon on your first five Phillips with the Inner Circle program, which you can join for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Uh, but again, 25 cents off per gallon on your first five Phillips, three cents off per Phillip after that, or per gallon per Phillip after that. You also get all sorts of free stuff in their app, so make sure to join them today. Uh, and, uh, of course, if you like saving money and if you want more of it, a great place to do that is at Desert Financial Credit Union. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union. Uh, and, of course, they have been dedicated to creating exceptional experiences not only for their customers but for the communities that they're in. Uh, look to Desert Financial for checking and savings account, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. Uh, I will probably slip up on more than one occasion and still call them Desert Schools because that's how long I've been banking uh, with them. That They got me started on my home ownership journey. They can get you started <laughs> on yours as well. I'm old, and Jesse's getting old too, by the way. We had that discussion before today's well, Because show. Adriel Radney was born in yeah. 2007, Derek, and that is not okay. It's not okay with him. And now, now he knows how I feel about kids born in 1998. Uh, but anyway. Jesse's when you, an old soul. He is an old soul. Well, we know that. We know that. But now he's actually Jesse's feeling physical. Physically he was old. like 13. Now, now, the, now, the, now the numbers are starting to line up, and that bothers him more than anything. But uh, Make sure you check out Desert Financial. When you open a free checking account online, you can get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Well, the people want Jake McCarthy and the people. What, what do you want? No, 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 no. What are you doing no, here? I, I got you. What's here? Hey, so, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Derek Montia uh, you know, you, you don't say it enough, but I hear you are our winner from our I am he your says it, he says it plenty. Listen, sir, yeah. I want to make sure that we commemorate that with a nice football champ pennant. Oh, look Hopefully at that. Adds. Look at that. There you go, sir. Hey, and I get a football? Wow, man. Let's go. I'm the champ, baby. <laughs> That's like the office football. This is that's, yeah, like, that's the thing we like this, throw at people why? and we're mad at them. Why? Somebody people have taken bites out of this during <laughs> like nervous situations and games. Uh, this is great though. This is going up somewhere. Why are we doing this in my house? Um, because he feels like I didn't get honored enough because I'm still waiting for my trophy to arrive. Brother, um, you have a trophy on my in my office. I made my own trophy. That's the sad <laughs> part. I look about at it every that. day. I know. And I put my team logo, which is Johnny drinking a beer mashed up with Stone Cold Steve Austin on an episode of SmackDown. So that's a lot of fun to look at every day. But uh, we have some more fun things to look at. It's what you guys came here for. It's what Benjamin is here for. Uh, it's to talk about Jake McCarthy. Uh, obviously, Jake McCarthy missed one of the best parts of the season. It's really unfortunate. Uh, Jake yeah. McCarthy had to sustain an injury, sustained an injury. Uh, it was an oblique injury at the end of the season that caused him from missing, uh, caused him to miss the whole playoff run. And so uh, yesterday, Jacob Fage, he said that he felt like Jake McCarthy was going to have his breakout season in 2024. So we got to thinking, uh, what impact will Jake McCarthy have on the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2024? Or will he end up being potentially a, a trade piece that this Diamondbacks team 
uh, sees that they can get some value out of. It's going to be interesting to see, but I do think that McCarthy was a big part of the team's success last year. We talked about, you know, obviously creating chaos along with Corbin Carroll and everything he was able to do on the base path. But uh, let's take a look at his stats for 2023 because he had himself a, a pretty good season. I mean, actually, eh, six forty four. A pretty bad season. Yeah, I, pretty I don't bad know about season. that leading. I was Derek. I was looking at twenty twenty two's numbers in front of me right now. That's completely my bad. But uh twenty twenty three was definitely a down year for him. He experienced multiple injuries throughout the year. I don't think that the oblique was the only one. It felt like things kind of kept him it, it felt like he kind of kept losing time playing time and it felt like he was also not was available the, to the team in the minors for two months it's really i mean that's really where he missed time uh and that's not just a 2023 thing for as good as jake mccarthy was in in 2022 he still got sent down twice and and then recalled in 2022 as well you can break his 2022 season into three different stints and you can break his 2023 season into, into three, three different stints, stints yeah, as well that's true uh so it's been a rough couple of years for jake mccarthy uh he really seemed you know motivated coming into the 2023 season to to not only make the team which he was in really good position to do after the way he ended the year prior but to stay on the roster the whole way through that was one of his stated goals at the beginning of the year and that didn't happen he was yeah. he was back in reno uh i think it it think before the end of april so yeah it's it's been a it's been a rough uh, uh he's he's had to deal with the up and down uh, more than anyone else in this organization over the last couple of years. And unfortunately for him, yeah, his 2023 season, as you see here, was not was not fantastic. 0.1 wins above replacement. Uh, he's basically a replacement level player. He did still 26 bases. He remains uh, incredibly fast. Uh, but offensively, he just didn't he just didn't impact the baseball in in 2023. And that's something that we talked about uh, with Tori Lovello at the winter meetings. Uh, about a month ago now, Lavello was asked about Jake McCarthy and kind of what he wants to see from Jake going into 2024. And Tori was like, we want to see Jake rake, yeah. right? We want to yeah. see Jake get back to really impacting the baseball. Uh, the bat to ball skill with Jake McCarthy is is good. Uh, he does have the ability to put the ball in play. At a, at a pretty exceptional level, but the Diamondbacks don't want him to just do that. They want him to hit home runs, to hit the ball in the gap a little bit more, uh, to not just be this kind of slap singles uh, hitter uh, moving forward. So that's what the Diamondbacks want to see more of in, in 2024, and uh, we'll, we'll see if Jake is able to deliver that. When you talk about those stints that Jake had, uh, especially at the end of 2022, he was just remarkably good at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, there was a point where he raised his batting average from 254 all the way up to 305. Uh, and I uh, again, it was just a, a stretch. But like, like you said, when he came back up from the minors at that point, he looked like a completely different player. And it's kind of felt at times like that's what we're going to get out of him. But he also, like I said, he, he had like weird little nagging injuries. He also had the two two months in the minor leagues. Um, and I, I just don't know how or if the Diamondbacks are going to see him as a part of their core for the long-term future, or if maybe if he has another one of those stretches, if they see the value raise enough that they might try to trade him at that point or, you know, a, a flip Jake McCarthy in some way. I still feel like his potential is high, but he might not reach that potential, to be honest. I mean, it's just when you look at what he does at a minor league level, once again, it's kind of like the tale of some of these other guys that couldn't really find success at a major league level. 
it, it's it's just such a wide gap between his production, uh, it, you know, at times in minors versus when he comes yeah. back up. Yeah, hitting in Reno has never been – he's not not been an issue the last couple no, of years. Jake no, has put up really awesome. impressive numbers He's been there. awesome. Last year he was incredible in Reno. Uh, and then, again, uh, it, it kind of – because of the success he had at the tail end of 2022, you kind of think – like, all right, he's back on track. We're going to see him come back up and have another one of those stretches. Last yeah. year, he didn't really have that. Jake, Jake has been. I I wrote a story actually in 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 the off season between his incredible 2022 season and his 2023 season, uh, basically looking at was this breakout for real? And uh, Jake Jake's. If you look at the scouting reports, Jake McCarthy is has not really been projected to be the kind of player he was in 2022 i mean the d-backs had him hitting third uh for like 25 games down down the stretch in 2020 he was like the best hitter on the team uh he hit 302 361 434 from july 11th through the end of the season he was hitting really well but I, i don't know if everyone was really buying in at that point because the scouting reports had never really projected him to be that kind of player and I looked at some of the the underlying data as far as uh, uh, the batted ball metrics, and it didn't really back up what what Jake was doing at the plate. If you looked at his baseball savant page from that 2022 season to the 2023 season he just had, they don't look that different. Yeah. Jake McCarthy wasn't really hitting the ball that hard in 2022, and he wasn't hitting the ball hard in 2023 either. Uh, so yeah, my conclusion entering 2023 was that he still had a lot to prove. And and he didn't really prove that this past season, right? Uh, I think that I think there are some numbers that would indicate that he kind of overperformed a little bit in 2022, and in 2023 we kind of saw him maybe underperformed a little bit. But I think I think his numbers in 2023 were more indicative of of the kind of hitter that he's been since since coming up to the majors, which is not a terrible player. I mean, he's giving you so much value on the bases. He's yeah. one of the best base runners in all of baseball, uh, and he can hold his own in center field. He's solid in the corners. Uh, there's a lot of value here. It's just it's kind of always been more of a fourth outfielder profile, and that's that's kind of the player that we've seen. Uh, over over the last year and you kind of look at his numbers over the course of his career now they're, they're kind of like fourth outfielder numbers right yeah and there's there's nothing wrong with that he's a i think he's a good fourth outfielder um but getting back to where he was in 2022 he's gonna have to find a way to to impact the ball in a way that we've re- we've never really seen at at the major league level he uh at a, in three seasons in majors has hit 261 batting average with a 711 ops but as uh, in, in AAA, and this is based on Elise's comment that he might be another 4A player, I mean, it, it's incredible. He's slashing 369, 457, 596 with a 1.053 uh, OPS, and that was in 2022. And his 45 games in 2023, 360, 416, 594 with a 10.01 OPS. I mean, it, it, it's, it feels like, you know, that it feels like he's on the verge of breaking through and having some of that success at a, at a triple a level translate over to the minors. And, uh, if his projections are hold up, I, I, I don't hate, uh, what baseball reference or fan graphs have for his projections for 2024. Let's take a look at what he's projected to hit, uh, next season. Yeah, these are, these are zips and they're pretty good. <laughs> I mean, zips has Jake kind of bouncing back at 264 average a 730 OPS, Nine homers, fifty-six RBI. I think this is based on like five hundred plate appearances. So this yeah. is this is Jake getting a, a really a lot of playing time 
uh, 29 Which, stolen bases. I mean, he, he probably couldn't even get that much playing time realistically. No, right? I don't I don't know how Jake would, oh, barring a major injury, I, I don't know how Jake would find his way sure. to 500 plate appearances as things stand now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess if he hits 300 and, you know, I mean, I, I guess there's a world where that happens. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you bring you bring these AAA numbers to the majors, and we'll talk for sure. <laughs> Twenty nine stolen bases. I will say, me and Damon were talking about this before before the show started. Twenty nine stolen bases, I think, is very light. Like Jake stole twenty six last year when he really yeah. wasn't getting on base, yeah. and he only played ninety nine games. If he if he hits two sixty four with like a three thirty on base percentage over the course of a full season, he's going to steal way more than 29 yeah. bases. Oh yeah. I wrote, that. I wrote last off season that I thought Jake could steal 60 under the new rules. Uh, if, if he had found a way to maintain like the three sixty on base percentage that he was doing at the end of the 2022 season, of course that didn't happen. Right. But if he finds a way to get on base that frequently and play for an entire season, I mean, he's like 98th percentile in sprint speed and uh, very rarely has been has been caught uh, trying to steal bases. So, uh, you know, 50 stolen bases is out there for him if if he's able to find a way to get everyday playing time and really have things come together offensively. Benjamin Hunley has a great point in the chat. He said the problem in 2023 is Jake cut his hair. Everyone knows that. That's true. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I mean... Can't just go cutting those locks and expect to have the same success. Uh, but like you said, the batted ball metrics, the data all seem to be the same, right? It's just yeah. that tw- that there was something special going his way at the end of that 2022 season. Uh, it just baseball's just so weird like that. It's so weird to see the success a guy had and then not really have much change for him besides the results, right? Like he's hitting yeah. the ball in the same, his averages are the same. He's about the same on his, you know, baseball savant page yet, you know, the results weren't there for him the same way they were for that, you know, special, what two month run there from July to, to September at the end of the season in 2022. Uh, it's just, I, I still feel like Jake McCarthy could have been a big factor in, in the playoffs because yes, 100%. Things, things just were completely different. Obviously we know how things went. Not sure if like, Okay, Jake McCarthy might not have been the guy that that gets them to win the World Series, but you just never know how his contributions could have added to this offense, especially at times when they really struggled to to f- like get something going on the base path or uh, create that chaos that they had become to known become known for uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I I think Jake really could have been an asset uh, at least in certain key moments in the playoffs. I, I want to say it was Jace Peterson who took his roster spot. It was a, a very last minute change, something that happened right before the start of the wild card series. Uh, yeah, Jake suffers this oblique strain in, in batting practice. And unfortunately, that that ended his season. He wasn't able to be part of, yeah. of the Diamondbacks postseason run at all. And yeah, we know Jace Peterson didn't really give the Diamondbacks much in, in the postseason. Uh, there's obviously the very heartwarming story of Tommy Pham, you know, wanting to get Jace Peterson an at bat in the World Series. And yeah, that was a cool moment. But Jake McCarthy, I think you might not have wanted his bat in the lineup a, a ton throughout the playoffs, but you certainly could have used him on the bases uh, in a way that I'm not sure the Diamondbacks would have trusted anyone else on on their postseason roster elise asks would he have gotten a hit with one of the uh 100,000 runners left in scoring position in game five of the world series <laughs> maybe Probably. yeah Probably. who knows, who knows? <laughs> i think i think the one thing that i'm really rooting for uh, beyond you know him coming back from this injury and being able to contribute to this team 
is the fact that Greg Daniels, the creator of The Office, is bringing The Office back. And as you know, Jesse, <laughs> Jake McCarthy is from Scranton, PA. This is true. So if we can somehow find a way for Greg Daniels to incorporate Jake McCarthy into the reboot of The Office. Uh, uh, Sky's the limit. It really then, doesn't right? matter what he does on the field, <laughs> if I'm being honest. It has to be considered a success. That's what I th- that's what I say. But uh, you guys know that what I say doesn't really matter. Uh <laughs> Tori Lowell was asked about Jake McCarthy at the winter meetings. Yeah, yeah, we yeah touched on this briefly earlier, um, but it, it was kind of a uh, Tori gave a much longer answer than than what I what I mentioned earlier. Um, I think I think it really comes down to when Jake is in hitter friendly counts, is he able to capitalize? Like when you're in a three one count as a hitter and you're Jake McCarthy and you've got some power in there, I mean he certainly has the frame for it. If you look at Jake McCarthy in person. You don't see a guy who's like, oh, he probably hits 270, but they're all singles, right? Yeah. Like Jake McCarthy is a pretty well-built guy who has some power in there that he just hasn't really tapped into professionally on a, on a consistent basis. So is he able in those 3-1 counts and those hitter leverage counts, is he able to actually come through and, and show some of that power? That's really the key for him to going from this fourth outfielder, which as I said before, I think he's a valuable fourth outfielder. I don't think there's much reason to put him in triple a, uh, he, he deserves a spot on the major league roster, but in order to get to that next level that a lot of people want to see him reach, you've got to do damage in those counts. You can't just be a, you know, a line drive single to the opposite field. Every time, you know, you've got to find a way to hit the gaps, to hit home runs in those situations. Um, and if you combine that with everything else he, he gives you, that that becomes a, a really valuable a really valuable player at that point. If you're in the front office for this team and Jake comes out of the gate hot, knowing what he has kind of shown throughout his career, where he does have these like almost segmented years where like he's hot and then he you know it's it's almost worse than being streaky because he goes <laughs> he goes he goes from being so good uh, to 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 so bad that that they send him down and you know you're talking about a guy who has been extremely good in times you could even say he was the best hitter for you know brief stints on this team so if he comes out of the gate hot do you consider trading him was that something that you would try to maybe just capitalize on the value he has now forecasting that maybe he doesn't go on to still be this player throughout the whole season yeah or do you consider him to you know just be a part of this team now and and be maybe thought of as part of that core with Corbin Carroll, maybe Gabriel Moreno and Alec Thomas. Like what, what are your thoughts? There, there is room on this team for Jake McCarthy or Dominic Fletcher, or I guess I'd throw Jorge Barosa in that mix as well. I don't think there's room for all of them. The Diamondbacks still have more outfielders than they know what to do with. And I'm not sure any of those guys are really going to benefit from spending much more time in sure. AAA, including sure. Barosa. Yeah. Um, Barosa of the three, I, I think you could reasonably send him down. And, and, you know, I think there's still some things to work on. But Dominic Fletcher, uh, even though some of the underlying numbers weren't good, he's he's done pretty well for himself in AAA and, and certainly defensively is is very good. Possibly the possibly the best out of those three. Um so I, I yeah, I think the Diamondbacks have they have depth there. They yeah. have the ability to make a move out of that depth. And that's something we've touched on earlier. Uh that the Diamondbacks, there's some potential to to make a trade here with with Paven Smith, with Emmanuel Rivera, with Jace Peterson, with Jake McCarthy. There's a lot of guys kind of on the fringe of this roster that they just don't have room for that other teams might be interested in. 
Uh, I don't know if now is the right time to trade Jake McCarthy because his value is not exactly right. at its highest. That's why that's why I was saying if he comes out yeah. and has a hot April and there's I don't know if you can him. make a trade like like in May or, or something. It, it probably has to wait until like close to the trade deadline yeah, for yeah. something to come together. But absolutely, if he has a strong first half, then maybe that's the time where you where you yeah. capitalize and 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 try to make a move in some regard there. Uh they they still have they still have too many too many options in that area that they're able to use. Another name that we brought up yesterday that's similar to that is kind of like Blaze Alexander, right? Where it's getting to a point where it feels like he yeah. needs to be on the major league roster. He's a little stuck. <laughs> or they need to do something with him, right? And yeah. the Diamondbacks benefited from this exact thing when it came to Gabriel Moreno and how many catchers the Toronto Blue Jays had. And even though they still have some great catchers in Toronto, it doesn't make it hurt any less that Moreno is here having the success he's having. And it could be a similar similar situation for us where it maybe makes the team better and it might be a player like Barossa that probably wasn't going to see playing time. But if you trade him and you watch him go out out and have success elsewhere, it stings. It's hard. It hurts. It hurts us as fans. hurts the front office even more. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a very valid point. If you do trade a, a McCarthy or or a Dominic Fletcher or or a Blaze Alexander, there is some risk that these guys kind yeah. of figure it out in other organizations, and uh, that's that's the downside of having uh, having depth, right? Of like yeah. being in a good place organizationally, where you have you know you have more good players than you actually have room to play. Is you might have to you might have to unload some of those guys elsewhere. Uh, for the D-backs, of course, it would just be a matter of trying to capitalize on the return and, yeah. and you know, trying to uh, to add elsewhere where you where you do have a need. The Diamondbacks are going to be competitive and go for the playoffs, go for that World Series again. They're going to need that depth. I mean, you said it. No team makes it through yeah. a baseball season with five starting pitchers. It just doesn't happen, yeah, right? Try, so it's like, try 12. Try 12, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, this team definitely could use it, and, and sometimes that depth, uh, that's it's good. If you do experience those injuries, but if that never comes, it's it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? Like, yeah, you didn't have your players get injured, but you also have some great ones sitting around with very little opportunity for them to get playing time or or to you know get better, which is essentially what these young guys need to do uh, by getting that major league experience. But yeah, uh, I'll tell you, you can get down, of course, on the MLB season for next year already over at the Bet MGM Sportsbook app by placing some future bets. Of course, you can also get yourself some free bonus bets thanks to Super Bowl 58 and our friends at BetMGM Sportsbook. All you have to do is download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account and place a wager in that amount of at least $5 at a standard odds price. Once you have placed that bet, you will receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Sign up for BetMGM and use that bonus code of PHNX. Place your first Bet MGM Sportsbook wager through the Sportsbook mobile application for at least $5. You will receive that $158 in in uh, conjunction with Super Bowl 58 instantly in additional uh, winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to our baby boy Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. 
I'm sorry. What the hell I'm happened sorry. there? I'm out of practice. You have Jacob yesterday <laughs> messing it up like we were on StreamYard. We did our best. but I think, uh, honestly, Derek, I'm going to be honest. I think you messed up yesterday's. I thought Jacob did it great. What? Me? Yeah. Let's go back I don't and mess watch the anything tape. up ever. Watch the tape. I'll watch the tape, but I'm not going to I'm pretty concede. sure Jacob was the one that was in the right on that one. How? I just I think that the chemistry was off, but he started the Ontario right when it came back on screen. It, it was a good Ontario from... <sighs> So he started it before you? Is that what happened? He did. Oh, uh, you can't do Derek that. was late. I'm the I lead. believe. I'm the lead, though. He has to follow That's my true. lead. I, That's I the forgot, way this I works. I forgot you were the... Okay, thanks. This is Derek's show. It's thanks, featuring, yeah. It's Derek's show. It's I featuring Jacob Franklin. Try it's to not, make that very yeah. clear. Jesse's my guest every single week. You guys know that, right? Like, that's the way this show works. Um, and I didn't... That's not my fault. That's not my fault. I didn't make that division in this show. We were once a connected show. We were once a fucking dangerous show. But we're not anymore. You know why? Because the man behind the Mac over there, the people's producer... Left me out of the boys trip to Gila River Resorts and Casino. And I will never forget that as long as I live. I don't think that can be ever repaired because a boys trip to Gila River Resorts and Casinos is one of the best things <laughs> that could possibly happen in one's life. And I was, un I, was, I, was I was not invited to that, but um, it's fine. That's fine because uh, I can go have my own uh, immersive experience with Gila Rivers without these guys. And of course, uh, nobody does it better than Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They have an unprecedented level of entertainment and excitement. They have an incredible state-of-the-art gaming floor that has over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, live gaming tables, and more, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. So head over to Gila River Resorts and Casinos and let them show you what the next level is all about. It's great for a night out or a staycation when you need to get away from your co-host and your producer who don't invite you to the boys' trips. But uh, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Play Visit play at Gila.com for more details. I Damon, are you driving this weekend or am I? Uh, we'll figure that out, logistic. We'll okay. figure the logistics right. out. I was just going to say that it was actually like a behind the scenes. Like it was the, you know, the guest, Jesse Friedman, the guy behind the Mac, Damon. Like we don't, the main character can go on his own trips by himself yeah that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. Is, you're the main guy you can gonna be is, it's gonna be your show yeah. and you know you yeah. take your own trips yeah, see, you know? take your own vacation <laughs> they're gaslighting me and i'm not gonna stand for it because <laughs> the, the the division the not inviting me on the boys trip that happened first so anything after that is a consequence <laughs> of their actions and not mine um but we do appreciate you guys being here right now we appreciate you being diehards if you are a diehard if you're not Join us over at gophnx.com. Grab yourself a diehard membership. You will get a free t-shirt from the phnxlocker.com. Whatever wonderful shirt you're choosing. This man has Phoenix on underneath, I his, do. Uh, yes. underneath his jacket in there. Uh, you can pick whatever shirt you want. Make sure uh, to check out Jesse's newsletter, our Discord lounge, where we will have uh, diehard-only content coming all the time, including our new game show that you guys are going to be on called Squeeze Play. So make sure to keep your eyes Peeled for that, as well as uh, Jesse's uh, diehard-only content. We're going to be doing a AMAs. There's going to be a city, city council meeting with the mayor. All sorts of great <laughs> reasons right there alone to sign up. Uh, but you also you're, get that you're hosting a game show, Derek. I'm going to host a game show. Yeah, I'm going to host a game show. And uh, our first contestant is going to be 
Chris, I think. Yeah, Chris is going to be our first contestant. But Oh, so it's just it's one contestant at a time. No, I'm thinking, no, it's actually going to be three people pitted against each other to give the best answers, similar to After Midnight. Uh, oh, so we'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll let the rest of the diehard members uh, be the judges on who got the best. <laughs> these answer. diehard, these diehard subscriptions are going to sell themselves. They really do. <laughs> they really do. It's an entire network. Of, Everyone of wants game show host Derek, right? I'll wear a tie. I mean, I'm not going to wear a shirt and suit to go along with it, but I will wear a tie. We'll figure that out. But um, I'm I'm always happy. Uh, to not only help somebody feel like a winner, but to help two other people feel like losers, Jesse. And that's why I think I would be a great game show host. I do enjoy making mm. people feel like losers. So now I'm going to address the people of the city of Philadelphia. Hi, guys. <laughs> you guys have had a rough go. Uh, and the Arizona Diamondbacks were a big part of that. Um, but I get it. Uh, I know. We, we are, we are uh, Arizona sports fans. So we have been going through pain and misery our entire lives practically. Uh, but I did want to cover that the Diamondbacks did help contribute to the most heartbreaking year in Philadelphia sports. Uh, and it gives me life, Jesse. It really does give me life. The 76ers, just to remind you, blew a 3-2 series lead to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference semifinals. That then would have you, been like in, in like May or June, correct. something like that. Uh, yeah. Then fast forward to this past uh, September, October time, uh, actually October, when the Phillies blew a 3-2 series lead to the Arizona Diamondbacks in the National League Championship Series. Philly sports fans are passionate, man. Yeah. I was, when I was there covering that series, it it's, it's insane. It, it's another level. I, I, well, I, you chose a very good word in passionate. I, I, I respect the passion that Phillies fans bring uh, to the ballpark on, on a daily basis, especially in the postseason, but... There was a there was a, a kind of an uncomfortable feeling in that ballpark in game six and seven when when the series came back to Philly. Uh, it, it, there was just like this this like nervous tension yeah. in the air, Panic. I guess is how I would describe Panic. it, where, yeah, Phillies fans in games one and two. It, I mean, it was loud throughout, but it was louder in games one and two. Because uh, the Phillies came out and they were hitting homers and they were doing oh, yeah. crazy Just things. Right they away. Were, they yeah. were dominating the Diamondbacks. The place was going was going berserk. But even I mean, in that game seven, you know, winner winner take all going to the World Series. There was uh, Phillies fans were were uncomfortable going into They've that game. They've been there. They've seen it before. They've <laughs> had it happen to their teams. We would be in the exact same position. We've seen it happen to us. We know it can happen. We've seen it with the Suns. We've seen it with our teams that we thought were going to be uh, dominant and we're going to go on to win the series. And then somebody just completely smacks you in the face all of a sudden out of nowhere, even when you have a series lead, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can kind of understand that. I felt like that pressure was the pressure the Diamondbacks put on everybody in the postseason because everybody else was expected to win. And the yes. Diamondbacks were just the team that eked their way in. So the Diamondbacks didn't have that pressure to win because if they lost, they would be losing to the Brewers, which won their division. They would be losing to the Dodgers, which obviously are they the would Dodgers. Be, you know, <laughs> they, they would be losing to these teams that everybody would like say logically that makes sense that they lost to them. Right. But there would, so that made it easy for the Diamondbacks not to really have the pressure on them. Sure. Maybe in some yeah. moments, like you said, after, after games one and two in Philadelphia, you do feel that pressure a bit. You do feel a little differently about coming out and giving those, all those home runs hit against you. But uh, it still felt like the Diamondbacks never really 
had much to worry about. No matter what, they were going to kind of be applauded and cheered for how far they had made it, especially making out of the wildcard round, right? So yeah. it, was, it was a win from that point going forward. Meanwhile, the Eagles, they were 10-1. and one. And Jesse, I was watching this game where the Eagles had a very bad first half after being 10-1. and one. And they went into to the locker room at halftime, and their fans booed them. And I mean booed them hard. They booed them like they like 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 the betrayal was real. And being a Cardinals fan, I found that to be hilarious. Your team is <laughs> ten and one. The game isn't even over yet. They're just going into the locker room to you know try to try to figure things out and and you know get themselves back together. And instead, they're getting booed by their home fans after they walk walk off the field. Now. I respect that because Philadelphia fans are just a different breed, really, yeah, when it comes yeah. to it, right? I passionate, do respect yes. again that word passionate. It's very safe, and I appreciate it. I like <laughs> it, uh, but I will say that there's something to be said about like demanding that much of your team that at ten and one you're booing them. Yet I want to say, yeah, it was the Niners game piece of Yoshi. I think that was what it was. You're right. Yeah, it was the Niners game. But what I do want to say is, <laughs> were they were they overreacting or did they just know they knew they knew watching that team against the Niners that their 10 and one team was a fraud and they wanted them to know that they knew. They weren't saying boo. They were saying frauds is what they were saying. Maybe. I don't know. I'm putting that out there, but uh, I don't know. Philadelphia fans. I got to give them credit. They know their sports. They know their shit and uh, they are miserable right now. Understandably so. Yeah. I, I think mad dog, you know, a lot, a lot of shade being thrown at mad dog Russo throughout the diamondbacks postseason run and, and rightfully so he deserved it, but he absolutely deserved it. But at the same time, he was far from the only media personality who thought the Diamondbacks had no chance in that series. Uh, even talking with other reporters on the field and whatnot, uh, being there covering these games, there was not a soul in the press box who was, yeah. who was picking the Diamondbacks yeah. to, to win to win that series as, as far as I'm aware. That's totally the truth. That's, that's the honest to God truth. I, I will say that lots of times. As a matter of fact, that tweet that you unearthed from April of last year where you asked like yeah. what was going to be a satisfying <laughs> ending to this season and Espo tweeted World Series. He's and a witch. If, and if Espo had been more specific and said <laughs> World <laughs> Series win. champions maybe, or yeah. win. Maybe we would be uh we would have confetti in a jar that some of us could keep. Something it would have been awesome. If you're going to ask for for the sun, moon, and stars, you have to be specific about exactly what it is yeah. that you're asking yeah. for. Yeah. So yeah. now, which, now which Espo, he learned, though. Espo yeah. learned, and he'll he'll be better. He'll be better next year. Yeah, he'll come, <laughs> he'll come spring training uh, prepared and ready to give us the right answer this time. But, uh, of course, we thank you guys for being here. Uh, we know you guys always know the right answer. Of course, you can make sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. This absolute maniac next to me is at Jesse and Friedman. The people's producer is Damon. We'll mend we'll mend this relationship somehow, but you can follow him on Twitter at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. We are still Damon's dogs. Bark bark, bark. bark. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-Backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate your time, uh, and we will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, have fun. Remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you're 16 years old and you're six foot three, 185 pounds.